Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Nate Cashdan. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Thank you. Kids, you're dismissed to your class. Go have fun and learn to honor your father and mother. (laughs) Primarily your mother today, but both. Thank you to all our volunteers who do such a good job of leading and teaching our kids. If you'd like to find yourself on the receiving end of that clap, you can talk to me. <laughs> Somebody grab me a water bottle. Josh, when you get a set, can you grab me a water bottle? Thank you. All right. Um, hey, we have, uh, if you are a female, which I can define that for you, even though I'm not a biologist, um, I won't define it for you on this because it'll be on the internet and uh, some people will be like, you can't say those words from the pulpit. And I'll be like, listen to some of my past sermons. Uh, but we have these uh, cookies. And, you know, I haven't even tried one yet, actually, but um, they're, they're from Love and Cookies here in Lakeway, and uh, they're for every female that's here today. We have some gluten-free ones, too. Whoa. I think I just got saved again. Excuse me. That's why I needed the water. Can I have some coffee too? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a very good cookie. Wow. The cookies are believers? The owners. Are they really? Didn't know that. That's great. I just wanted to keep our money local, and now we're keeping our money in the kingdom and local. All right, so on your way out, Josh and uh, the ushers will have those for you. Uh, If you are a female, um, we want to honor you with one of those today. (laughs) Some of you are like, you want to make us, you give us sugar? Yeah, we want to give you sugar. As my grandma used to say, food is love. Okay. Um, I usually never (laughs) teach um, themed messages on themed days. I'm so anti expectation in church that I'll go above and beyond to not do it, almost to a fault where like, you know, like Palm Sunday and the Lord's like, hey, I have a great Palm Sunday message. And I'm like, no, we'll save it for another day. Let, we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus on Palm Sunday or, you know, like on Mother's Day, I'll like have an exhortation for fathers. And like, like I just, I just don't like expectation sermons, like the, like the pocket message that you pull out because it's a signature day. I'm not like, Glenn's not like that either. Kyle's not like that. We just don't like it. But uh, so I was, I was asking the Lord, you know, I had to look back at my notes, see when the last time I actually preached about Mother's Day was. It was four years ago. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, and then before that, never. That was the first time. Um, and so, but I, I looked back and on, in 2018, I actually, um, I talked a lot about the origins of Mother's Day. You know, the lady that got it started, she got it started as a way to simply just honor moms in her church and community. And then it got put on the calendar as a holiday, and she spent the rest of her life trying to get it off because it had 
turned into a commercialized way for people to make money and become less about taking time to honor those who deserve honor in her community. She herself had no children. So um, she had no physical children. And so anyways, we talked a lot. Uh, we kind of used that as a way to springboard into some scriptures. But the Lord gave me some um, very specific things to share with you today. Um, and it, it does have to do with, uh, with mothering. So let's just pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for your ministry that we've already seen and been a part of <laughs> for the last hour. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would not hold back anything that's in your heart for us. Keep our ears and eyes away from distraction, our minds really just peaceful and ready to receive, our hearts ready to receive the instruction that you would give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want to acknowledge Mother's Day. Mother's Day can be really tricky. Uh, it can be really, uh, I knew mothers in my old church that uh, it was the one Sunday year they wouldn't come to church. And so I, I did a lot of research. Uh, I, I set a couple of them down and actually asked them if they would please share with me why. Not as a way to judge them. I really want, it's free research. <laughs> I really wanted to know. And, uh, and I found out it wasn't that, it wasn't that difficult. Um, that traditionally there was just such an emphasis on, on celebrating uh, women who had born their own biological children. And... Um, never really a thought or consideration for all of the pain that might be surrounding the topic of mothering. And these women that I spoke to shared with me their pain. And uh, I actually shared, our senior pastor used to do a, um, he used to like give away prizes, like who's the oldest mother in the room, who has the most kids, who has the most grandchildren, who, ha you know, it's fun, I really enjoyed it. But I actually shared with him that I thought we probably shouldn't do that anymore. Um, because, because those women can still receive honor without the other ones being, you know, hurt and traumatized through that act. And I just thought, I did, and, and we did. And, and was that right or wrong? I don't know. I just uh, had, I was able to take the time to sit down and find out, because I'm not a, a mother, and I didn't want to assume anything. And, uh, but they were very forthcoming, and it was really helpful. So I, I wrote some things down here today. I adapted some of this from another source, just so you don't like, Nate, you're such a genius. I'm really not that smart, but um, I do consider myself wise, but it's not quite the same thing. So, um, but I want to acknowledge um, all of you ladies here today. Um, maybe you gave birth to your first or fourth child <laughs> this year. Maybe you lost a child this year. Maybe you live in the mommy trenches daily with food and snot stains to prove it. Maybe you uh, experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoption, or a child running away. Maybe you've walked or are walking the hard path of infertility and longing to have children. If that's you, I'm, I'm so sorry for the comments that, that people make. They, they do not intend to hurt you, but I know they do hurt. Maybe you're a foster mom or a mentor mom or a spiritual mom. Maybe you have close relationships with your children, and maybe your uh, relationships with your children are strained or damaged. Maybe you lost your own mother this year. Maybe you experienced abuse from your mother when you were a child or recently. Maybe you've already lived through driving tests, medical tests, school tests, and the overall testing of motherhood. 
you've graduated to grandmotherhood. Maybe you have lost children to abortion. Maybe you're raising children as a stepmom. Maybe you're single and you long to be married and have children of your own, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're a single mother. Maybe you've longed to have grandchildren in your life and to be a grandmother, but your hope has been deferred. Maybe you have children moving out of the home and going off to their next phase of life. And maybe you have placed children up for adoption, which, by the way, I commend your courage. And maybe you're pregnant with new life right now. Or maybe you just gave birth on Friday like Amy Brinkley. Wherever you find yourself in the motherhood journey, motherhood, both physical and spiritual motherhood, is not for the faint of heart. You women are like, preach. We love you and we admire you. I think you're all warriors, so happy Mother's Day. All right. So, who knows who Eve was of Adam and Eve? <laughs> yeah. Some of you haven't met her personally, but. Uh, so, Eve, this is interesting. You read Genesis, the first couple chapters, um, some of the most exciting chapters in all of Scripture. But Eve was actually a mother before she ever got pregnant. Uh, and Eve was a mother because she was made in the image of God. And I want to talk about that. It's funny, Suzanne talked a little bit about us being image bearers this morning. I'm going to allude to that in one of the points I'm going to make. But children, Eve's children did not create her identity as a mother. God did. Um, I see Zoe, not right now, but um, I see Zoe mothering Lane and Lillian and Hadassah and Briggs and Zeke and all of the little people that flock to her. They don't flock to me. They don't flock to Zeb, they flock to Zoe. Why? Well, I think it's because God has made her a mother. I see, um, I see Marissa, I see Steph, I see uh, others love, correct, nurture, rebuke, protect, and comfort our kids because they're already great mothers. But our kids didn't make them mothers. Their own biological children, which they haven't had yet, did not make or not make them mothers. God made them mothers. Your children don't make you a mother. God makes you a mother. I also want to just take one second here to apologize to all the mothers and apologize to all the females in this room for the way that our society and culture has cheapened your role in motherhood. It's inappropriate and evil the way that they basically said, well, yeah, if you're a dude and you want to be a mother, you can. Yeah if, you, yeah, if guys can give birth, sure. It's ridiculous. It's pure evil. It's insulting. It's insulting to mothers. The people that are actually image bearers of that part of the father, you carry the motherhood image of that part of the father, and for the world to say, like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Anybody can do that. No, they cannot. And so I apologize. Don't let the devil steal your honor. But I want to take um, just our next minutes here and talk about four 
reasons why I believe that mothering in particular is critical for today, critical for where we're at at this point in time, okay? All right. Thanks, Nate. We're excited. Yes, can't wait. Um, number one. <laughs> Everybody okay? Sorry, it was like a heavy intro. All right, shake it off, All right? It's good. This is good. It's a good day. Worship was amazing, by the I mean, I'm telling the Lord, worship of you was amazing. All right, number one, women, mothers, are image bearers. So Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image, right? This is the creation account, kind of goes through it, stops, and then starts over and explains it a little more in chapter two. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And then you jump to chapter two, verses 19 through 25, and he kind of kind of expands on that and says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air, and he brought them to the man, Adam, to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. You see what was happening there? Like the Lord had determined in the verses before this that like Adam needed help. And so he's like, hey, I want to put every part of my living creation in front of you. Name them and see if one of them's like a suitable helper for you. So he's like, sweet. And he's like, tiger, probably not, <laughs> right? Potato bug. I think that one was supposed to go down with the fall. He's like, he's like, he's, he's, you know, he's going through and he gets done and he's like, there was no one suitable. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh, the first surgery. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That's what that means, out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. When I go check the mail in my underwear, I always... <laughs> Hang on. Kaylee gets mad at me. And I tell her, hon, I'm restoring Eden. <laughs> it's biblical. I said, hon, I have no shame on earth as it is in heaven. And she says, our neighbors don't think the same thing. So funny. I love making people uncomfortable. It's, it's my favorite. Okay, so you see what happened. God creates man out of dust, Right? And then God puts Adam to sleep and yanks a rib out of him and creates woman from that. He didn't make woman from dust. He made woman from man. And the reason why was because it's listed in this passage we just read. There was no current suitable helper for Adam. So when he creates Eve out of man, we actually get to see in male and female, it says he created them male and female. We actually get to see the full representation of the image of God in both male and female. Does it mean we start calling him Mother God? Don't do that. 
Because the Bible doesn't do that, <laughs> okay? But it, does it mean that all of the attributes that are found in Kaylee are also found in the Father God? Like, that her attributes came from Father God? Yes. A hundred percent. The same way that men and fathers, we, get the, the, we carry the image of God as men, as fathers, as husbands. Women also carry the image of God. They were made from man who was made in the image of God. Therefore, a woman is made in the image of God. We need image bearers. Um, the, uh, I would say our, our entire world, both believers and pre-believers, um, we need it, and we need women who will represent Jesus well, who will represent Jesus biblically, not culturally, who will represent Jesus, who they'll, they'll, they'll love, they'll serve, they'll correct, they'll pray, they'll bring up the next generation to be followers of Jesus, right? We always say, like, you want your kids to be great followers of Jesus? Be a great follower of Jesus. You want your kids to be fiery? Be fiery. You want them to learn how to worship? Worship. You want them to learn how to pray? Pray. You don't have to sit them down with a notebook and teach them how to pray. Just pray. Mothers and, oh, sorry. We're not going to do that. We need image bearers. Number two, good fathers without good mothers is an incomplete family. The, other, the opposite is true, too, but we're talking about mothers today. Good fathers without good mothers is an incomplete family. And families are going to be what the Lord uses primarily to usher in revival and change the world. We have to have a strong, healthy family unit. And good fathers without good mothers is incomplete. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. You can turn there if you want, but they'll all be on the screen, I think. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You see, it will go well for children. You know, the emphasis here might be just, you'd be like, oh, well, that's a verse for my kids. Or like the premise for when your dad comes to you and says, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out. (laughs) My dad said that to me sometimes. But I think he was just quoting scripture. He's like, you're not... You want to enjoy long life on the earth? Honor your father and mother. Would you like your life to be shortened? Disrespect your father and mother. It's just a paraphrase. It's no big deal. It's the message version. It's no problem. Um, You see, it will go well for children if they honor their father and mother because wisdom and instruction come from both. Not only do they deserve honor because of who God made them and who he placed them to be as parents in the household, but they also have been given heavenly wisdom and instruction to pass on to the next generation. If you're honoring them, you are positioning yourself to receive good instruction and wisdom from them, right? If you are, if you are not, then you can't. So he want, if he wants the next generation to be, if we want the next generation to be raised up to know him, and fathers and mothers have a part to play in that. Mothers are nurturing, okay? Can you imagine, let, just imagine me for a sec, a society with a bunch of people running around who were never nurtured as they were a child, okay? Horrible. But 
What we're seeing in our society is a, is a bunch of people who were over-nurtured because of the lack of fathers in the home, okay? So we see a bunch of sissies, and we see a bunch of entitled people, and we see, I'm just speaking truth. And we see, um, I, I mean, we see people with no gall, with no courage, with no nothing. I mean, that's what we see. We see, um, you know, ladies who think they can be boys and boys who think they can be ladies. Why would a boy want to be a lady if he knew who God had made him to be? Why would a mother want to turn into a father if, he, if she truly understood who God had made her to be? But, but I'm just telling you right now that a society, so we're, you can't look at what's going on and be like, oh, people are getting too much nurturing. We need to cut out the nurturing. That's not it. We need to bring it back to the biblical understanding and biblical balance, not cultural balance, biblical balance of how the Lord intended a man and a woman, a father and a mother to pour equal amounts of wisdom and instruction, love, nurturing, care, because fathers are nurturing too, into their children. Mothers are so necessary in this day and age, in this time that we're in. Number three, um, the majority... Remember, we're, asked, we're, we're saying these are reasons why I believe we need mothers today more than ever. The majority of discipleship happens in the home, or it should happen in the home, okay? The days, I mean, I think we do a pretty good job of, at River in the Hills of, of, you know, basically the days of subbing out your parenting to the Sunday school teacher are done, right? Like, I mean, it's... That was bad when it was going on. It's bad when it still goes on. But, like, if we're still doing that, like, whoo, wake up. We don't, we don't let, we don't, sub, we definitely don't sub out our parenting to the public school, okay? <laughs> uh, but, but you don't sub it out to the Sunday school teacher either. But they're not your kids' parents. We've been called to be parents. And so as mothers, mothers primarily are the ones that spend the most time with the kids during their waking hours. Uh, Proverbs 31, 27 talks about mother. It says she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. Her hands are busy. Titus 2, 3 through 5, I love this passage. We'll talk about it a little bit. It says, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then, listen, then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. That's a huge passage. Do you know why I think, did you know that the divorce rate in the church is just as high as that outside of the church and in some churches higher? Horrible. Do you know why I think, I mean, there's lots of things that contribute to that, but I believe Titus 2, 3 through 5 speaks into why that's true, I think, primarily, because the older generation stopped teaching the younger generation how to love their husbands and children. I mean, and, and, and remember, we're just talking about mothers, right? But the flip side is also true. Fathers stopped teaching their sons how to love and respect their wife, how to care for their wife. It's why Paul exhorts right here, and says, you need to teach everybody. Everybody needs to, like the older people haven't like arrived, right? We're like, yeah, I've heard all that. I'm good. Because my, I mean, if, I, if you're like, yeah, I already know that, my initial follow-up to you is going to be, then who are you teaching? Who have you shown what you know? 
who are you discipling? Who are you pouring into? Because you weren't designed to be the Dead Sea and just fill up and die. You're designed to let things flow through you. We need, we need mothers who will teach. We need grandmothers. Like I need Brenda Carlton to pour into Kaylee. It doesn't have to be just Kaylee's mom. Kaylee has a great mom. But I mean, Brenda Carlton pouring into Kaylee. Why? Because she knows more than she does. She's experienced more than she has. She's lived more life. And she's married to Larry. So, I mean, she has to have some, like, you know, <laughs> trials. No, I'm just kidding. Children are a mother and father's primary mission field. If you're an amazing evangelist, if you're, you know, you're like this hot shot at work, you're, you're uh, you this wild prophetic voice and you're always ministering to people, you disciple 20 people, but your family's suffering because of that, you are missing it and the Lord is not pleased. <laughs> like, the Lord, like the Lord doesn't care yeah, I can say that. The Lord, the Lord cares very little about how many prophetic words you gave if your marriage and your parenting sucks. Like the Lord doesn't care much that you sat down at coffee, at coffee and discipled these three young ladies and then you went home and abused your children or neglected your husband or, or yelled at, the, I mean, you know what I mean? There's like, a, there's like a real imbalance there where we're like, Sometimes, and I know this, I'm a parent, sometimes it's actually easier to minister to people that aren't your kids, right? Like, I'd rather sit down in front of somebody who's suicidal, I'd rather sit down in front of somebody who's addicted to drugs and somebody, than to go home and face my 10-year-old son who just, just was disrespectful to his mom, right? Sometimes it's easier. Parents, is it easier sometimes? Yes. But if it was easy, <laughs> anybody could do it. <laughs> We've been called primarily, and mothers, you've been called primarily to be disciples in your home. So don't even entertain a thought from the enemy that says you should be doing more. You should be leading more people to Jesus. You should be doing your primary. I'm, I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm saying the primary thing that we've been called to as parents is our home. Second Timothy 1, 5 says, um, this, I love this passage here, uh, Paul writing, uh, he says, I have reminded, or, I'm talking to Timothy, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, it says, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. He actually sees in a young man, a young pastor, he sees an inheritance that came through his mother and grandmother, which is very, so I haven't, I didn't study their family line out, okay, I'm sure someone has, I didn't, but it's interesting, I know from reading scripture that the majority of time that, that you mention a past generation, you mention the father, especially in Hebrew culture, okay, they're mentioning the father, and Paul goes, man, Kyle, I see, I see Suzanne and Grandma, Grandma Lane, and, you, and, and you're like, what? It's, it's, it's worth noting that Paul went, Paul went, I saw such sincere faith in your grandmother and your mother, and I see the same faith in you. That 
means that he had a really healthy upbringing and his mother poured a really good amount of wisdom into him and demonstrated her faith in front of him while she was young and then he stepped into the same thing. I love that. Proverbs 22.6, Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, I'm not going to read them, but many of those and many other places in Scripture tell us to train up our children in the Lord and for children to listen to the instruction of their parents, to honor their father and mother for its right. We read that. Um, when we succeed in, in doing that, when we succeed in mothering and fathering our children well and biblically, they will go on to become fiery, functional members of society. They'll go on to be people who not just love Jesus and demonstrate his love, but who love people, who really do change the world. And if we neglect the home, we end up with people that are pushing socialism and progressive agendas. Mothers are the ones that do the, the that carry the generally the largest load here. Um, because of that, um, a lot falls on them. But fathers, this isn't an excuse, okay? Some of y'all were like, see, you're supposed to be doing more while I'm at work. <laughs> nope. Actually, women, you can just hit him right back in the rib and be like, the Lord took a rib out of you once. <laughs> we could do it again. No, don't do that. Um, sorry, I lost my blaze here. Oh, <laughs> fathers, you don't have an excuse. It actually, it actually is a greater responsibility for you. Everything I just listed, it, is, it means that you have a greater responsibility as fathers. You, you have to make sure that you're leading your wife so well that she is ultra equipped to do what she needs to do when you leave for work. Okay? You need to make sure that you are um, utilizing the time that you are at home to do everything in your power to be an amazing father and amazing husband. You have to lead. If you're not leading your wife well and being the spiritual leader of the home, you're cutting her off at the ankles and crippling her ability to be able to do what God has called her and equipped her to do. Your job, fathers, is to make your wife's job easier. Mothering is the hardest and most rewarding job in the world. I've heard. I've seen it. People are like, why don't you just stay home with the kids? I'm like, I've seen that job, and I am not qualified for it. <laughs> they did a study one time. This is in my notes. I'm just remembering. They did a study one time that if you were to pay a mom for all, or sorry, if you were to pay people to do what a mom does, it's like nurse, chauffeur, teacher, uh, gosh, everything, uh, house cleaner, house, it's like every, cook, you know, chef, it's like all of these different things, you're to pay them, you're going to pay them some like $750,000 a year or something <laughs> like that, you know, it's like for, for everything, and, and like they don't get paid, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, so it's, it's the hardest job in the world, but I'm so thankful. All right. Titus 2, 3 through 5 that we just read, it gives us a great picture also of how this relates to spiritual mothering and mentoring. Um, see, we need mothers that'll pass down things not only to their own biological children, but also to their children's friends. <laughs> we need Sherry Gordon to teach a whole bunch of people 
how to do things. Not just Abigail, not just Sheraton, not just Mary Grace. We need, you know what I mean? We need that. It's a spiritual mothering as well. All right, last one, number four. This one's important. Listen. Mothering in the end times. Whew. First Samuel 1, 26 through 28. This is the story of Hannah, Samuel, and Eli. It was just this little section. Hannah comes to Eli and says, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord, and I prayed for this child. She's like holding the child. And the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord, for his whole life will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Hannah was so desperate for a child. She let her tears go up as offering. She, her intercession, she fought fiercely in prayer. And what happened? The Lord answered her prayer, and she gave birth to a son. And then, this is a different sermon, she actually presents that son to the Lord. <laughs> That's wild. This is what you wanted more than anything. And she's like, yes. And I'm so honored that the Lord said yes, so honored that I'm actually going to give back. There's a message about tithing in there, but it's 100%, not 10%. Give your kid. Please don't leave your kid in the offering box. <laughs> Just. Please, please don't say that. But Pastor Glenn will be taking interns starting three years old. No. But we need, listen, in the end times, we need praying mothers, okay? We need praying mothers. Hannah prayed and logged for Samuel. We need mothers that will pray with the fervency and passion that Hannah did. Like, not stop until we end up with a baby. That type of prayer. Like, she was never going to stop praying until she had a baby. That's amazing. We need you. Uh, another reason, John 16, 21, it says a woman giving birth to a child, has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Have you ever asked yourself, I've seen all three of my children born, okay? My wife's a champ, natural childbirth all three times. She's incredibly tough, tougher than me. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how in the world does a woman give birth twice? <laughs> Have you asked yourself after, our son, after Zeb was born, I was like, we're probably not going to have any more kids. Because I'm like, this was, I mean, Kaylee was a, she was a champ. She wasn't, you know, she didn't scream or anything like that. But like, it hurt, right? And, and so I'm like, well, surely. And it was like, you know, months later. I just can't even, I can't even wait to have the next one. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, I think we need to go to the doctor. Like, he'll tell you we shouldn't do this more than once. It's amazing. Like, but what, I'm like, how do you, and then we do it a second time. And it hurts again. And, all, and, then, and then months later, like, I can't wait to do it again. I'm like, you have mental problems. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I can handle it again. And I didn't do much. You know, I'm like the cheerleader and the back massager and squeeze the hips together to counteract the pressure. I'm like. That's my role. But you see in the end times, we need mothers who are not strangers to pain. We need mothers who can actually, who can actually, go ahead, yeah, celebrate. The, it's true. We need mothers who will, actually, who will actually experience pain and then go, you know what? 
I can see the joy on the other side of this pain. You know what? I can see the joy on the other side of that hurt. This will be temporary. We need mothers who can, who can bounce back, who aren't going to be shocked, you know, when, when something doesn't go exactly as planned, who aren't going to be surprised when they start calling more and more evil things good and more and more good things evil. You need mothers aren't going to be surprised by that. They're going to be like, no, we can see what's coming, and we'll endure these labor pains because we can see the baby coming. We definitely need, so the first time you give birth, remember, you got to remember I'm a man, right? Okay, so <laughs> I, my knowledge is limited. The first time you give birth has to be the hardest mentally. Is that right, moms? Like, because you don't know what to expect? The first time you give birth, it's just like, I, I've been to my classes, I've learned from my mom, I've seen it in movies, which is ridiculous, uh, you know, whatever. Nowadays, you watch YouTube videos, but the, but the second time you give birth, you go into it with a lot more confidence. You go into it with a lot more mental preparedness, and that's what we need. We don't need a whole bunch of first-timers as we enter the end time. We need experience. Mothers who carry this, this thing in them that I don't have in me, and Kyle doesn't have in him, Glenn doesn't have in him, that goes, no, we have actually, we've actually given birth. And so this is not a problem for us. Facing this giant is actually not a problem because I've pushed a human out from between my legs. Marissa, please come here so that, <laughs> rescue me. Worship team, come up here. Listen, ladies, we, we really need you. We really need you. We, I, I need you. The church needs you. The city of Lakeway needs you. Texas needs you. The world needs you. I hope that you feel very affirmed and important, not just today, but all the time. I really hope you do because, I mean, without you, <laughs> it's incomplete. See Genesis chapter 1. The creator God, I mean, I'm not going to look at it this way because I'm not going to have a theological discussion with 10 people after the service about this, but God himself was like, oh, we need one more thing. You read Genesis 1, he said he uh, did this and this and this, and it was good. Did this and this and this, and it was good. Did this and this and this, and it was good. And he created man, he said, it's very good. But then he has man name everything, and he's like, hmm, we need one more thing. God himself recognized the need. It wouldn't have been complete without woman. That's not even in my nose. That's just the Holy Spirit. You're fierce warriors. I'm so thankful for you. Um, I want to do something here. Uh, two things in our ministry time. If you, you know, and if at any point, you know, y'all have to leave, that's fine. Um, Josh will bless you with the cookies on the way out. But um, can everybody just stand this morning here?
And if you're, so if you're a, uh, if you're a female in the room, I don't care how old you are. If you're a female, if you're okay with it, if you wouldn't mind coming to the altar, you're not going to have to do anything. We're just going to bless you. That's it. Come quickly. Spread out. There's room down there too. Yep. Come on down. The altars never look so beautiful. There's more room down here. Come up, you come up closer. It's okay. I don't spit that far. Make some room. There we go. All right. The women, you're just going to sit here and receive. So just be in front of the Lord, okay? That's all. You can hold out your hands or close your eyes or do whatever you want. Men, I want you all to extend your hands, okay, over, over these ladies here. And just out loud, I just want you to thank the Lord for their lives. And thank the Lord for making them mothers before any of them ever had or didn't have biological children. Come on, men. Raise your voice. You better be convincing before the throne that you're thankful for these ones. Be convincing before the throne that you're thankful that you yourself had a mother. You yourself have a wife and daughters. Open your mouth and be convincing. Thank you, Jesus, for each one of my sisters here this morning. I thank you, Jesus, for the gifts, for the anointing, for the talents, for the love, for the nurture, for the experience. I thank you, Lord, even for the hurts, because although you didn't cause them, you cause all things to work together for good for those who love you. And Lord, there's so many testimonies of your goodness up here. I thank you, Lord, for each one of them that are biological and spiritual mothers and mentors. I thank you, Lord, that you have given each one of them something to give away. I thank you, Lord, that from the oldest person here to the youngest person here, you created them in your image. From the oldest to the youngest, you've called them mother because that is in your nature. Lord, I thank you, Lord, this morning that it's Mother's Day. I thank you that even though the holiday's been cheapened and commercialized, that we are going to take time to honor those who you are honoring. And Lord, I can honor each woman in this room without taking away. I can say, I can say we need mothers without drawing away from the fact that, yeah, it's a fatherless generation and we need fathers. But we need mothers. We need strong women of God who will pray, who will fight, who will intercede, who will not be afraid or, or shook when pain and unexpected things come into their life. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Bless each one of these women. Father God, I thank you. Bless each one of them, Lord, even a fresh encounter from you, Holy Spirit, right now this morning, God, that they would be affirmed. I pray over those that do have young children right now. I affirm you, you're doing a good job. Parenting is hard. Mothering is hard. Fathers, you can't do it. Mothers, you have the hardest job in the world. I don't say that as a way to flatter you, because I have no fear of you. So I don't care what you think of me. I'm telling you that you have the hardest job in the world and you're doing a good job. Thank you for bringing
bringing up the children that are in our church and community to love Jesus and know Jesus. Thank you for sacrificing things. Thank you for building on the ceiling that your parents left you. Especially those of you that had bad mothers. Those of you that had mothers that were abusive or absent or alcoholics. Those of you that had mothers that hated your father. I'm sorry that you had that, but I commend you and I say that you are courageous for breaking the mold and making a change in your family. That you are courageous for not settling. You are not less of a woman based on whether or not you have biological children. You're not less of a mother if your children have rebelled against the Lord. If you have children that are in rebellion right now, I break shame off of you right now that, that, that answers the question of what did I do wrong. I break demonic oppression off of you right now that's going to accuse you and say you did something that caused that. No, the devil did something that caused that. I break shame and condemnation from anything that you're carrying. Past abuses, past sin. If you've repented and confessed and the Bible says that the Lord has forgotten it and cast your sin as far as the east is from the west, meaning they will never touch, they're in the opposite directions. That's how he sees you now, through the lens of Jesus. Whether you might be carrying shame from something that was done to you or something that you did willingly, I break both of those things off of you right now. I speak freedom and deliverance over each one of you, over the life that's in a couple of your wombs. Life, life, life. I speak health over pregnancies. Healing right now. Healing right now over every mom that has any sort of physical infirmity. Put your hand up in the air if you're dealing with a physical infirmity. You don't have to name what it is. Put your hand in the air and just reach to heaven and say, Lord, yeah, I receive your touch. Come to him directly. Men, press in. Don't check out. You're covering your wives, your daughters, your sisters right now. Just release the grace of God over them from behind them. Thank you, Jesus, for my sisters, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Touch, heal, deliver. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the testimonies of so many that are standing here. Have you already given them? Thank you for the young ones here, Lord, who you're raising up right now. As they look around, even where they're at, they're seeing examples of what godly mothers look like. Just seeing you all up here challenges me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I bless each of you women. Not just because it's Mother's Day, but because you're all mothers. for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. 
If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.